When we change ourselves in the middle of the unchangeable, the hill is different. That is our life experience, our perception, our literal experiential reality is different because we have changed ourselves. That's Craig Harper. I'm your host, Jared Lestrange, and you're listening to episode 39 of The Soup Dad Show. Welcome to The Super Dad Show, Craig Harper. G'day, champion. Nice to see you and chat with you and connect. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, mate, I wanted to start by getting you to explain to our listeners in simple terms how you get paid to do what you love. Well, um, hopefully I offer some value and hopefully people see that worthwhile investing in. So, I mean, I do a fair bit of stuff for nothing. So I do a lot of um, like all of my podcasts and obviously all of my social media and articles and things. But in terms of my corporate stuff, um, my public workshops, my mentoring groups, I guess, I guess the challenge is to, you know, for me it's always been about how do I do the thing that I love to do and how do I take the thing that I'm passionate about and curious about and mm. turn that into my job. And so I've yep. always been fascinated with how people think and work and human performance and, you know, all the stuff around success and attitude and beliefs and values and happiness and joy and connection and all the human purpose stuff. And, um, I mean, you know, my background, it's similar to yours. I started working in gyms and I started at 18 and I worked, I owned gyms until five years ago. So was that 32 years I was involved in gyms and you're constantly working with um, you know, people primarily come because they want to change their body, but as we mm. all know, it's largely not a body issue. So, you, yes, of course, you're talking about bums and legs and carbs and micros and macros and anatomy and physiology, but you're also talking about, you know, why do you keep eating shit when you say that you don't want to look that way? Why do you keep putting toxic food into your system or toxic drugs or alcohol or whatever it is and and there's no there's no criticism in this there's just genuine curiosity and for me to be able to help people to ch- change and, and change in a, a long-term manner that I needed to get good at in inverted commas you know human performance and human behavior and that's just I think because people relate to the stuff that I write and share and talk about you know that I have I have an audience and I have a following and you know my the way that I do it is just the way that I do it. It's not for everyone. I have mm. people that don't like my uh, approach and I completely get that. That doesn't bother me. I understand that. There are people that completely resonate with the way that I share ideas and thoughts and messages and, and people who probably alternate a little bit depending on what I'm talking about. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I you actually, could- um, I read a post that you wrote a few weeks back asking people whether the swearing that you use takes away from your message a little bit. What feedback did you get from that? Yeah, I got mostly, um, no, keep swearing, you fucker. That was the overwhelming (laughs) feedback. Um, But again, it depends, you know, like it's a really interesting thing because I have, I mean, what I try to do is share quite deep messages or explore deep themes Mm -hmm. in a way which is, uh, very user-friendly and very understandable. Yep, yep, yep. So if I ta- start talking about cellular physiology, people just zone out. Mm. But if I say, you know, eat less shit and move more, people go, all right, well, I, I understand that, you know. Mm, mm. So, 
Um, and I'm aware that with, you know, you get to a certain, I think I have about 70,000 followers or something across my platforms, but you get to a point where it doesn't matter what you say, somebody will be bothered. You know, and if you're the best guy or girl with the best intentions, the best ideas, the best motive, mm. and you're coming from a place of I want to love and I want to serve and I want to I want to do good, yep. there'll still be people that think you're a dickhead because that's <laughs> the reality of the human experience. Yeah. Yep. Like nobody pleases mm. everybody. Nobody. doesn't matter. Mm. You know, even Jesus pissed off people when he was around. Mm. You know, yep. <laughs> like this is the human experience. And look, you are um, you are renowned and loved for giving people the kick up the ass they need and telling people like it is, and that's what all great coaches need to be good at. I've got a book in the background right there, just so you I, can see. I saw that. Pull your finger out, and um, you know it. It became, and honestly, I I have to attribute so much of um, my coaching philosophy. Um, to the influence that you've had on my life, you know, it's mm. 18 years now that I've been following you since I entered the health and fitness industry myself. And, um, you know, I talk about a just effing do it super dad mm. attitude mm. of, mm. you know, going beyond our excuses. And, uh, you know, like in, in terms of what, um, uh, what I see you doing and the and the realness that you bring. Like I read a quote of yours on Instagram just this morning that said, sometimes just when I think I'm moving to a higher level of consciousness, I call someone a dickhead and realize how low I am on the enlightenment ladder. And um, it actually sure. reminded me of a story I read once about a monk who goes to the top of the mountain, he meditates upon feeling like he's received enlightenment, he climbs back down to the local town and it doesn't take him long before someone bumps him, he loses his cool and so he turns back around and walks back up the mountain to start again. I mean, yeah. is this where your inspiration for the quote came from? Uh, no, I've never heard that but that is, really? that is I like, but that, no, no, that's just how we are, mate. I mean, this is true. Like. For me, my constant challenge is my humanness and that yep. is my ego and my mm. insecurity mm. and my fear and my overthinking and, you know, that's all that. And these are not weaknesses or flaws. These are practical components of who we are and how we are as humans. And so yep. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get close to perfection. So my goal is better. My goal is how do I, how do I, you know, I'm going to spend 30 or so minutes with Jared. How do I be present? How do I, how do I be of service and of value? How do I give, how do I make this about the people that are listening, not about me? And this is truly the attitude that I have to come with. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but sometimes I don't come with that attitude because I'm caught up in my own shit. Sometimes I'm all about Craig. And, and that's not because I'm a bad person. That's because I'm human. But the older that I get and the more that I realize for me what life is not about which is about things which is about external validation and approval and cars and houses and all that stuff which mm. for me nothing wrong with any of that by the way but that's not what drives me it did once mm. but what drives me is you know who i am and who i'm becoming and how that this kind of understanding of how do i manage me in the middle of all of the unmanageableness of life and how do I help others manage themselves mentally mm. and emotionally and practically? Because yeah. this is the ongoing challenge. Like your job, my job, 
is really how do we help people help themselves? Because the person that's eating shit, they know they shouldn't. Mm. The person that's not moving their body knows they should. Mm. The person that's doing that destructive thing knows that it's destructive. And so the challenge is, all right, well, we don't need to point out what they're doing because they know we need to find a way to be some kind of resource in their space Mm. that helps them get where they want to go. But, you know, Craig, I feel like so much of helping people is becoming a marketing guru as well because you need to um, take, for example, all right, so a couple of weeks back, I decided, you know, I really want to help dads in my super dad group to overcome their addictions whatever they are you know let's let's work with this expert who's uh you know a hypnotherapist and demartini method specialist and i've worked with before and he's great at what he does let's let's get him on board run a run a free webinar to a seven day you know um free facebook group and let's you know get these dads in and really help them through these problems so we had around 70 people that identified an addiction in our group guess how many people turned up on monday night at nine o'clock after their kids were in bed one so i just had to rack my brain and think was it the approach was it the marketing strategy was it the words that i used i put my heart on my sleeve i talked about a past addiction myself i um you know um put out multiple posts, you know, driving to that webinar. It was completely free. Took away all those barriers and excuses that I could possibly think of for dads being there. Mm. And what it all came down to, I guess, was what my wife said, you know, a lot of these dads have not hit that rock bottom enough to Mm. take that action to actually be there and do something about it. Mm. I don't know. What do you say to that? Yeah, look. There's a big difference between I'd like to be different and I'm ready to do the work starting right now. Sure. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to be different. Everyone wants to be leaner. Everyone wants to be or whatever their version of everyone wants to be wealthier or everyone wants a better job or a better situation or circumstance or everyone wants to be whatever. And that's mm-hmm. cool. Everybody wants something different, but mm-hmm. it's whether or not, Two things. One, whether or not they're ready to start doing the work now and two, whether or not they are willing to get that uncomfortable because mm-hmm. wants it or not, like it or not, where we are right now is kind of familiar and comfortable and, you know, there needs to be, there needs to be enough discomfort to force us to step into a different kind of discomfort before, mm-hmm. you know, because as you've heard me say many times, Creating shift, you know, overcoming that addiction, dealing with that habit, losing weight, building muscle, whatever it is, becoming a better dad or a better uh, business owner or communicator or writing a book or doing a PhD, mm. all of those things just require require work, discomfort, self-awareness, humility and consistency over time. Yeah. And these are not sexy things, mm. but marketing is sexy. Mm. Like everything is about getting people over the line you know, getting them over the line, getting bums on seats and all that stuff, you know, and you go, well, maybe, maybe, but, you know, I think that, like I say to people all the time, don't don't turn up because you think I'm funny or you like me or you like my style. Turn up Mm -hmm. because you are genuinely ready to change your life. And if you're not, I'd rather not have your money. 
Mm-hmm. Now, and if that's shooting me in the foot, I'm okay with that because me being rich is not my priority. Mm. You know, I make enough money, I'm, I, it's all right. So yeah. I'm not driven, and that's not a value judgment on anyone, but I personally am not driven by money uh, the way a lot of people are. I, I, you know, of course I care about it and in that it's a practical resource, but I actually make, which is a bit irrelevant, but it's probably people will find it interesting. I make my money, like most of my income, probably 90% is really through my corporate work. That That's my mm. job. Yeah. You know, so I get yep. paid very well to do corporate work and I do 100 plus corporate gigs a year. Mm. So all of this stuff that I do, you know, is really, this is really my passion. You know, yep. so when I turn up in, you know, on Queensland, when does this go live? Oh, two days time, mate. Yeah. Okay. So I'll probably be come and gone, but I'm in. I'm in um, on the Gold Coast on Sunday, but uh, you know, like for the work, effort, time, getting a venue, flying up, getting a couple of hotel rooms for my business partner and I, and sorting, you know, and it's all good. There's mm. no complaining, but mm. the time, effort, energy, and work, the the financial reward is it's it's barely there, but it's okay, mm. you know. Yep. Yep. But it's much easier for me to leave my house now, drive into the city, which is 20 minutes away, do a talk for NAB get paid ridiculous money and come home in terms mm. of just making money. Um, and I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but corporate speaking it is it's a highly paid job. But I'm not, and I, I'm very grateful for it, but I'm not passionate about it. Yeah. I'm very grateful and I'm very aware that I'm privileged, but I'm passionate about helping helping the public. Yeah. yeah. People that you've worked with a lot over the years is people with addictions to food, alcohol, drugs, whatever mm. it is. Um, mm. You know, do you have a unique approach that you use with people struggling to overcome their bad habits? Mm. I, I'm probably not unique, really. It's probably, I mean, for me, it was really interesting, Jared, because when I, I started working about five years ago with a company called Dayhab, who are based in Melbourne, and mm. um, I was training or working with. Uh, <clears throat> the owner and you know we became friends and he's got a very interesting backstory you know he was in prison in and out of prison for 17 years he was a hardcore addict he was an alcoholic and drug addict from 13 you know and his life anyway I connected with him he turned his life around he's now been clean for I think 18 19 years he owns a business a couple of businesses very successful mm. and when I first started working with addicts I thought well oh, well, I understand humans and emotion and psychology and I understand the theory of addiction. And uh, But I, I was actually way out of my depth in terms of really knowing what was going on because addicts and alcoholics have their own unique um, way of thinking and their own culture and their own language. And it took me quite a while, but it took me quite a while to understand the way that I needed to understand to be able to create the connection and gain the trust. Yep. because they don't trust easily, mm. especially in a rehab situation. So I it wasn't until I just stopped trying to be Craig the teacher and Craig the fucking expert, but just Craig the bloke who had some stories and ideas and, I guess, messages, mm. and then I really started to understand. So for me, my approach when I'm working with addicts is that, okay, I'm not you, I haven't been you, but I do, I actually understand. And there's no judgment or criticism here. Um, and when I come from that place of being relatable and real and not trying to come across mm. as any kind of expert, 
but yep. rather just a bloke who might be able to help them, mm. then there's much greater connection. You know, I'm talking to someone right now who I know full well doesn't even enjoy a drink. You don't mm. drink alcohol whatsoever. I know for me, um, part of my job is learning how to um, how to connect and support dads who have been through separation and divorce and custody battles and everything like that. And that's not so, something I have experience with. Do you think it's important to have an understanding from life experience of those things? How do you get past that when you're, yeah. you're, you're working with addicts and you've never had those addictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay, so addiction is the, the sickness of addiction is the same, whether or not it's food or alcohol or drugs. I, let me qualify that. It's, same, it's the same in that the characteristics, that is I'm hiding behaviour, I'm doing things that are actually bad for my physical, mental and emotional health, I'm defensive, uh, what I'm doing is destroying my life in some mm-hmm. way, relationships mm-hmm. in gotcha. some way. And so the fact that I haven't been a drinker or a drug addict, uh, I've been addicted to other things uh, and I'll unpack that a little bit. I think that most people that I meet have an addiction and we we tend to in our culture think, oh, that guy over there that looks like his ass is falling out of his pants and he's got messy <laughs> hair, he's an addict, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, maybe he's an artist. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's a creative genius. Who knows? Or maybe he's just tired. But it doesn't matter. But, you know, I think all of us, whether or not it's we are addicted to attention or we're addicted to making money or we're addicted to Facebook likes or we're addicted to approval, Mm. where we will do anything stupid to be liked and needed and to belong, where we'll we'll actually get ourselves into a state of mental and emotional distress just trying to achieve an outcome. Mm -hmm. And so addiction is not just in substances, but um, you make a good point. And the fact that I had never been an alcoholic or addict probably meant that it took me longer, you know, and, um, and I needed to. But then you go at the same time, I, like, for example, I've worked with Melbourne Vixens and Melbourne Phoenix and the National and Trans-Tasman Netball League. I've never played a game of netball mm-hmm. in my life. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get work, But yeah. I work with the best netballers in the country because yeah. I understand, yeah. you know, the requirements. But yeah. still, you know, I think, mm. but I do think the best counsellors, my personal belief is that best counsellors are ex-addicts. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, look, one of the uh, analogies I really like that you use is talking about all of us having our internal sat-nav. Can you explain this to our listeners? Mm. So when I talk about our internal sat-nav, I'm talking about you know our inner guidance system and by that I mean most of us, if not all of us, even if we're not conscious of it, we have beliefs and values and goals and I guess, uh, an emotional and spiritual and behavioural operating system. And so for me, my inner sat-nav is just a reflection of what I believe matters and what I believe is right Mm. and what I believe uh, for me is important that I live up to. So obviously, you know, my inner sat-nav, my my values are kindness, connection, service, um, 
you know, and I guess empathy and self-awareness and a bunch of things in that space. Mm, like mm. my values are not money. Mm. My values are not outcomes so much, although money and outcomes are things that I factor in, but that's not my focus. So, mm. yeah, our in, and I, I think that we all have, it's a challenge because we grow up in this dichotomy in that we grow up in an environment and a culture that tells us that success is about things. Mm. Success is about the external. It's about what you have, what you own, what you earn, what you wear, what you look like, what you drive, where you live, what your uh, bank balance is, what your title is, what your academic background is. These are the things that our culture puts up on a pedestal. Mm. But we know that you might tick all of those success boxes, but in the middle of those uh, in the middle of that external representation of success, you might be an internal train wreck mm-hmm. because you're lonely, you're anxious, mm-hmm. you're sad, you're disconnected, you're yeah. depressed, you're unfulfilled, you know, you're insecure. And these are, you know, and so I think the challenge for us is, which is what you are doing with your, you know, with your organisation is trying to help, in your case, men, but help more broadly everyone manage the external situation, mm. circumstance, environment and the internal yep. because we need both to be healthy. Mm. You know, I'd love to share with you and get your thoughts on a new analogy and whether it makes sense and it is the premise for uh, for my first book, The Super Family Plan and it comes from my experience with the group. It comes from looking at the common ground between someone um, who is separated or divorced from their child's mum or dad and, you know, a couple that are still together and and parenting together. Um, And it's the analogy of a home and basically a a new home. And the very first thing we need to do is we need to level the block. We need to remove the roots. We need to get to the root of the problem so that it doesn't keep growing back. Mm. And and then we need to replumb the home with love. All right. Mm. So Mm. that's the very first thing you need to do before you lay the foundation. And the strength of a home comes from that, that, that ground up of, you know, what is the foundation? It's your family values. It is the fact that whether you're together or separated, um, you want your kids to be respectful, to be honest, to, um, uh, to, you know, uh, to be kind to each other. You want them to have good health. So basically that becomes the foundation where everything else gets built upon and the framework is what you then, um, what you then construct and that is the rights of the parent and the child, mm. the responsibilities of the home, the mm. rules of the home and the reasonable expectations and that builds the walls of the home. Then you've got the roof and the insulation. That is your family, your friends, your, you know, your social network that basically keep your family nice and safe and if anything was to ever happen, are going to be there for you and they mm. have, a, a, you know, a good relationship and, and they're good role models for your family. Mm. Um, and then once you've got all of that, um, you can turn on the lights and the water and basically that is the goals that are going to come from all of those rules and responsibilities and reasonable expectations and the rights and give you something to really aim for and sort of mm. shine light on your family and where you're going together. Mm. That's I like my analogy. It. I like, like it. it. 
Makes sense. Did you did you come up with all that? I did, mate. I did. Yeah, that's good. Do you use that in workshops and stuff? I'm about to. Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good because I mean, when you're trying to teach concepts, <clears throat> people, you know, obviously people are different kinds of learners, but metaphor and stories and humor are the best mm. way to create yep. Yep. lasting connection and also yep. lasting memory. Mm. So it, when we unpack things <clears throat> like, you know, when we talk about whatever, some dry topic like, okay, becoming an effective decision maker, here's the seven steps, right, mm. or whatever. Yep. And it's very kind of academic-y. Uh, one, people are not engaged as well as they could be typically. Um, two, they're probably not going to remember most of what you said, especially mm. if you said that at the 10-minute mark of a three-hour workshop. Mm-hmm. And then three, if they don't remember it, they don't use it. If they don't use it, they don't benefit from it. So, you know, the challenge is with everything, like with the one guy that you had turn up to you after 70 people went, well, I'm interested. This is the challenge. The challenge for anyone in your space or my space where what we're doing is we're trying to connect with an audience and and help people change behaviour, the ongoing challenge is being relatable and being you know, not being just another version of 8 million people that are doing the same thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. like it's like I live on a, I live in Hampton in uh, Victoria and the street that I live on, the main shopping part is probably only about 1.5 Ks mm-hmm. right in front of my house. Uh, and I would say there is on this 1.5 K strip, including personal training studios, gyms, Pilates studios, yoga studios, there's maybe 15 of them, right? Mm. And it's it's just too many. They Mm. can't, you know, and that's just on this street. Then you go down the road to Brighton, which is two kilometres away, you have the, you know, there's just, you know, there's just way too much of the same stuff. And so that, you know, and I'm digressing a little bit, but the challenge for us is to how do we do this stuff and connect and, engage in a way which is you know not just another version of somebody express else. express our uniqueness and communicate it in a way that that builds connection correct correct mm, yeah um so look talking of stories um one of the things that uh that you shared in your renovate your life workshop that i was recently at was you were talking about body transformation challenges and how so many people are happy to commit to 12 weeks, but if you were to ask them to commit to a 50-year challenge, you'd hardly get anyone turning up. Yeah. And you shared the story of the hill. Can yeah. uh, can you you know share that with our listeners? I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I like this. This yeah. Man so who... I, yeah. So I talk about um, I talk about a theoretical guy who comes along to me and he says, "I want to get in shape and." I want to change, you know, I've, I've almost been doing it for years, but I'm ready. I'm really, really ready. Mm-hmm. And I discover that the guy lives just up the road from a hill, like a really decent steep hill. And I think to myself, well, that's going to be a handy resource. He can't get to the gym as much as he perhaps could. So let's just use the hill as part of his training uh, protocol. So I say to him, listen, all I want you to do is um, – all I want you to do is every day get up to the top of the hill, which is a kilometre, and get, get back down to the hill. So it's a two-kilometre a two round trip. And he's overweight. Um, this is the brief version. He's very overweight. He's very unfit. And so obviously he's – but he, he tells me I'm in the zone, I'm ready. So he does the hill. 
the first day he it takes him forever it takes him i don't know an hour or something half hour up half hour down he stumbles he walks he stops he it's incredibly steep he walks slowly i said to him i don't care how you get up you can run you can crawl you can shuffle up backwards on your bum doesn't matter you just got to get up there you got to move your body up that hill have a rest as often as you want and get back down. Mm. And he hates it. And, and you know, the first day his body's producing all these stress hormones and everything hurts and he's he's carrying all this excessive weight and mentally he's hating it, emotionally he's hating it. And over time, obviously, if he sticks with it and he does for the story, he starts to lose weight, his fitness starts to improve, his body starts to create new chemicals, it starts to go from a negative experience to a positive experience and then eventually over time he loses all the weight that he needs to lose to be fit and strong and healthy and functional. And eventually we end up with him running up the hill, um, cruising down the hill, looking after his knees, running up the hill. He's lean, he's light. And not only has his body changed but also his thinking, his beliefs, his, self, his self-worth, his expectations of what's possible for him. Now his body's producing these endorphins and he's feeling incredible. His emotional state is different. And all of a sudden, the hill that he once thought of as the enemy, that this toxic, terrible thing in his life is now, mm-hmm. he has this totally different relationship with it. So his, his, his experience of the hill is completely different. His relationship with the hill is completely different. And so the story is the hill's the same, the task is the same, the gradient is the same, the distance is the same. What he's got to do, ambulate his body up and down the hill is the same, but all of a sudden it's gone from something terrible to something not only that's joyful uh, and empowering, but something that was a real uh, growth tool for him. And so the story is that when we are different, the hill is different. And the hill, of course, is life. So when we change ourselves in the middle of the unchangeable, the hill being the unchangeable, when we change ourselves in the middle of the unchangeable, the hill is different. That is our life experience, our perception, our literal experiential reality is different because we have changed ourselves. So the challenge for us is more often than not to look within, not without, because, mm. and that doesn't mean we should never change anything practically in our physical world, of course, but it just means sometimes the issue and the challenge is me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just need to manage me better. Yep, yep, yep. And look, as parents, we know that our perception versus reality is something that we really need to sometimes connect into because the way we perceive the challenges that our kids are throwing our way can sometimes have a lot more to do with our own internal thought process than anything to do with the way the children are acting. So Mm, I love that that story really uh, highlights that and to work on ourselves first. And it depends, you know, the, the, the kid might do something, the kid might, I don't know, leave some toys out one day. You're like, Oh, come on, come on. And they do it another day when you're having a terrible day and you explode. That's right. So the same stimulus produces a totally different ex- uh, response because yep. it's not that they did anything terrible or worse, it's mm. that you're in a different state so your response is different and that's yep. that's self-awareness and that's self-management. Absolutely. Now, Craig, um, I'm going to do this uh, podcast justice and, um, and a favour to you and aim to get a few more people down the Gold Coast 
for you. I have another podcast in uh, in an hour and I have the kids to pick up at three o'clock, but it means I've got time to edit this and get it out to my group so that anyone in the Brisbane, Gold Coast, uh, no, northern reaches of Queensland and New South Wales um, or southern reaches of Queensland, northern reaches of New South Wales can come along to your workshop. So, mate, Perfect, thank you very mate. much for joining us today. Um, really Thanks, appreciate mate. everything you do. The, um, yeah, the amount of real talk that you give people, the kick up the bum that they need to uh, help to change our world for the better. Right. It's a pleasure, mate, and thank you. And you're doing great work, so keep doing that. And if people want to uh, info about where that is at, all the details are on my site, which is just craigharper.net. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Enjoy champion. the rest of your day. See you, mate. Thanks, mate. If you love what you heard and you'd like to support the show, please go to www.patreon.com slash superdadsonline. If you are a dad and you are not part of our closed Facebook group yet where we continue these deep conversations, go across to Facebook and search for Super Dads Online. You'll hear me on the next episode of the Super Dads Show with our next guest. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.